Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view one you're going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. We have a lot to talk about today. I mean a lot, but I've narrowed it down to some important ones that I really want to touch on tonight. So a lot of stuff happening, like the the namesake of this podcast is Bible Prophecy for Today. And so the whole reason I do this is to point people back to the Bible and that what the Bible says long ago um, is actually true. Um, everything the Bible said will happen just like the Bible says it will happen. It's God's word. And so, of course, and like Jesus said, not one jot or tittle will pass away. Um, but his word will stand forever. And so what a what a blessing that that is, that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve a mighty, awesome God who does not change with the culture. Aren't we thankful for that? Mm, I'll tell you what, I'm very thankful for that. So right out the gate here, I want to let you guys know, there's, I know there's a couple of you guys there in Australia um, that somehow... Uh, not somehow, but sometimes pick up this podcast. And so I want to let you guys know that there is um, a conference, a prophecy conference there where you are at until he comes prophecy conference. If you guys haven't heard, it is going on today, February the 2nd and tomorrow, um, February the 3rd, as we believe from like nine or nine thirty to six. And um, this is um, Pastor Tom Hughes. Is, uh, has, has put this together by the grace of God. Uh, and it's called the Gold Coast of Australia. So you got um, Tom, Pastor Tom Hughes, Pastor Billy Crone, um, Brandon Holthouse, Mondo Gonzalez, Ken Mickle, and Pete Garcia will all be there today and tomorrow. And another great thing, if you can't catch it, like they're live and in person, never fear. <laughs> Technology is here. <laughs> so we have um, the live stream. So they're offering a live stream for the rock bottom price of just $24.99. And you will have access to that for up to 30 days. And another great thing about that, all those proceeds go to support the Gihon Springs Ministries. And so let me give you a, a synopsis really quick of what Gihon Springs Ministries is. It is a messianic group who supports and ministers in many different ways. And they also do so War Relief, um, Netva, which is um, supporting Israel's youth by partnering with locals, providing tools uh, to reach the younger generation with the gospel. And they are very pro-life. They support mothers to choose life for their babies with essential resources and support. And they have a printing press. So it helps those translating the ancient text of the Bible, imprinting those resources into various languages such as Hebrew, Arabic, and Russian. So, oh my goodness, guys. So get out there. If you want to, $24.99, I'm going to do it and download that. So we'll have it for 30 days to um, watch. And um, anyway, I, I I really do like almost every, almost every one of those guys on there. You all go, no, I have the one thing, just one small thing against, um, well, we won't even go there. I'm not going to go there. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so um, one other great thing I wanted to remind you guys is if you're in New Zealand, well, guess what? Uh, February the 4th. Fifth, the Hope for Our Times Until He Comes Prophecy Conference will be in Auckland, New Zealand. And I know you guys are going to want to go and catch all of those wonderful prophecy teachers. And I'm going to scroll back over here really quick here. 
I want to go through the itinerary so that you guys can have an idea. Um, Pastor Billy Crone will be speaking on today. He's already spoke on it, but you can catch it live stream um, for 30 days. Anyway, um, UFOs, aliens, and coming mass abductions. P. Garcia will be talking about ghosts in the machine. Ken Mickle will be talking about Christ's final warning. Mondo Gonzalez will talk about what is the rapture. Brandon Holthouse will talk about the setup of Israel. And so tomorrow, guys, you're going to join them. P. Garcia will talk about the tyranny of the present. Mondo Gonzalez will talk about who are the 10 kings. I know you guys are all wanting to know. I know y'all read Daniel 9.27 and, you know, Revelation. Um, anyway, so Tom Hughes is going to introduce Billy Crone. And he's going to talk about the strong delusion. Kim Mickle will talk about the last trumpet. Brandon Holthouse will talk about the coming fake alien invasion. And, of course, they'll wrap it up with Pete Garcia uh, talking about the network. And, of course, then you'll have Q&A after that. So, um, guys, if you want to, please, please go there. And you can go to hopeforourtimes.com hopeforourtimes.com and you can get all the information that you guys need um, to live stream that. Okay, so let's move right along here. So here's the big topics we're going to be, good Lord willing, talking about tonight. Amir Sarfati, pressure cooker, the multifaceted situation Israel faces is unlike any the world has ever seen before. He posted that yesterday, February the 1st at harbingersdaily.com, which leads us to the prophetic chess pieces. Israel and Syria go toe-to-toe in the U.S. to recognize Palestinian state. Lord, I hope not, but that's up in the air. So that is by Eric Stackelbeck, and he posted that yesterday, February the 1st, on harbingersdaily.com. And, of course, then we're going to move right on over to Israel and world global insecurity with the U.S. destroys Houthi drones, operation sites, anti-ship missiles in less than 24 hours. That was uh, posted yesterday, February the 1st at 5.53 p.m. at the WND.com. And Agenda 2030 and the Path Toward World Government. Is the U.N. fighting, quote, the tyranny of poverty or feeding the tyranny of greed? Hmm. So it was posted yesterday, the 1st of February, uh, by Jeffrey Ludwig, and that's at the front page mag.com. Oh boy, guys, we got a lot to talk about. And, uh, you know, we're wondering because uh, if old Biden was going to do anything, because, I mean, the pressure was mounting, like they're attacking us. They're like, you know, it's, I can't believe there's no retaliation until now. But then again, we gave them plenty of time to get out of the way. Oh, what do you know? America's probably going to do something. We better, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, but we're inching towards World War Three. And if you guys are following along with Pastor um, Billy Crone's teaching on Freemasonry, hmm, a lot of um, dinkies, shall I say, um, from like, World War Two. What did they say? This manifesto, this whole nine yards, folks. Oh, boy. You know, if you haven't, you can go to getalifemedia.com, getalifemedia.com, and go check out Pastor Billy Crone's teachings on Freemasonry. You're going to be blown away. He's got him on everything. Catholicism, um, you name it. He's got a seven-day Adventist, um, everything. Um, Buddhist, anything you want to know, he has got uh, teachings on it. Voodoo, vampires, and um, the rise of demon worship was the last one that we just finished. And also, he's going through the book of James on Sunday. So, um, guys, mm, go check him out. I love Pastor Billy Crumb. Um, you can download the app, the Get Life Media app on your phone and watch it off in the palm of your hand. <laughs> and if not, you can always go to his website, getlifemedia.com. You can check him out on Rumble and on YouTube. So throw that out there for you. Um, but anyway, so there's so much 
um, going on in the world that when you read your Bible, I hope you're reading your Bible in one hand and you got the news in the other hand. Because that's what's going on. And Jesus warned us how many times he said, be ye not deceived. Don't be deceived. And uh, because there's going to be a lot of deception. Satan can change into an angel of light, you know, and he's going to use all these deceptions and all this falsehood. And then people will just hook, line, sinker, you know. And there's still people out there, double, triple mass, getting their third or fourth booster shot. And they're just like, and they just, they've lost their mind. They can't reason. They're like animals. They can't reason. That's a Romans 1 culture. Once you've, it'll turn you over to a debased mind is what God says. God will turn you over. And that's a scary thought. If you have completely just turned, just hardened your heart towards the Lord, he will turn you over to a debased mind. And anyway, so that's a very scary thought. If you guys are following along um, with me as we're reading through the Bible chronologically, so exciting. We're in Exodus right now. He goes, I always, you know, was in the movie, was it Charleston Heston? I was, let my people go. That's what I'm always thinking of when I'm reading through um, Exodus. So just know this in the back of my mind when I'm, I'm reading through, um, when I'm reading that out loud to tell you guys about that. So anyway, um, that's such a blessing. It keeps me accountable um, to read through the Bible. Uh, and what I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do, hopefully... I'm going to work on it and try to put these all together. That way I can have um, the book of Genesis all in one concise reading um, with all my trying to pronounce those names. And then, um, of course, you know, Job. Job is the second book because we're going through chronologically. And so now we're in Exodus. And so I want to try to kind of put them all together. That way, if somebody wants to just listen to the entire book of Genesis. And so wouldn't that kind of be neat? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a very good reader, but I try. I totally try. <laughs> so anyway, um, that way it's like a little 15, 20 minutes. You know, I'm, I, I do. I'm going to work on that tonight. I think if the good Lord wills it. But anyway, guys, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited because I, I, I'm looking around the world today. And the only thing that can make me do is just look right. Let's look up. Just look up because the good Lord is coming to take us home. And one wonderful thing was I was reading the Bible today. I was sitting in my chair and I glanced out the window and like these thunderheads were forming. And I'm like, well, that's kind of neat, you know, because earlier in the day it was like booming thunder, but then it kind of went away. So, and then when I kind of came back, I looked up, you know, when you look out in the dark sky and you see the big old white, like poofy, you know, tall, way top high clouds, you know, like, ooh. And so anyway, it moved to the north of us. And so I was like, oh, that was pretty. And I literally just kind of looked back down. I was reading the Bible. And I looked at my phone. And I just happened to glance at my window because my, my, I had my little chair sitting right there by the window so I can read my Bible in the morning and get some sun and, you know, praise the Lord. And, and anyway, so I'm sitting there and I glanced up. And it was like, it was a, the most beautiful double rainbow I had ever seen. And it was like right in my front yard. And I was like, praise the Lord. I about fell out my chair scrambling to grab my phone to run out to go take a picture and it was absolutely gorgeous i mean gorgeous it was so beautiful like my phone uh the cameras broke anyway but i mean even if it wasn't broke there's no way to accurately capture the beauty that god oh man the heavens declare the glory of God. And he said his bow in the sky. He promised to never flood the world. Because that's a promise every time we get to see a um, rainbow in the sky. So it was so awesome. And so I think I'll post a couple of those pictures on uh, my um, um, Bible Promise for Today Facebook page. That'd be kind of cool. Hey, you know what? I may actually even put them there on the on the website too. Wouldn't that be neat? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, uh, let's jump into some of these articles 
and uh, let's see what the Lord has um, to say today. So we're going to squeech on over here to Amir. So I like Amir Sarfati. He's, I'll, I'll follow his Telegram page. If you haven't followed him, definitely want to check out his Telegram page. Um, my old Telegram page, I cannot get into. I don't know why. So I had to start a new one today. So if you do, you know, get on Telegram or whatever, um, I'm on there. I'm just not real active on there yet, yet. So anyway, that might change. But anyway, um, and so we'll, we'll jump on there. But he does have beholdisrael.org. And so um, I want to make sure it is org. I don't want to give you guys the wrong um, wrong email there or the wrong website. Behold Israel. Israel, I think it's, yeah, .org. Yeah, .org. Okay, good deal. Whew. So anyway, if you guys want to go there, um, I tell you, he's chock full of information. And um, he actually lives there, which is great. And so he is, uh, let me see here, public radio. Oh, yeah. So if you guys do not, this is awesome. Let me see if I can pull it up on my phone here. There's an app, and it's called, um, let me see if I can find it. Sorry, you guys. Unprepared. Just kind of hit me. Um, like a ton of bricks like I should mention this here it is so it's PRSI public reading um, scripture and then I is an igloo bible and it kind of has like a little black background with some little um, I don't know what you'd call them around it anyway but let me tell you something I, I did this a long 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 time ago like I think a couple years ago on the podcast I kind of did like a little um, here's what it sounds like top thing on the dramatic um, uh, dramatized audio Bible guys it's fantastic it's got a timer on there all that stuff so I mean like if you wanted to fall asleep listening to the Word of God whoo it's awesome you guys there's a Bible tracker on there um, it's like uh, what is public reading of scripture which is the PRS it has reading plans it's got uh, theology of work um, it's got focus on the family is on there as well. There's different versions. I mean, it's, all kind, it's a great, great app. Um, and also, you can sign up on the email and you can, and there's Zoom meetings. And so you can like meet people from all over the world and y'all can actually like read the Bible out loud. And so it's a really, really neat thing. And I, I really do love that. And so that is through Behold Israel. And so um, it's kind of cool. Um, but Amir has his new book out. It's called um, Discovering Daniel. He goes, our lives in the future are in his hands. And so, guys, you can go check that out. Um, I always like to, um, you know, let you guys know about what's in the news. And not only that, but where you can go to get great resources. And so, I have a lot of those resources um, on my website. Telling you guys where to go, um, who to listen to, trusted, doctrinally sound um, resources now once somebody gets out of doctrine I, I remove them immediately um, from the website which I have done I've only done that once just once and it's just one thing that he said in one of his Wednesday night teachings which I used to follow and I don't anymore because of what he said a couple of you guys listen and know who I'm talking about I've actually sent you guys information on it because um, yeah y'all asked me and so I'll let you know um, but I won't say it you know just to call out somebody because other than that, he's doctrinally sound right on the money. So anyway, um, so let's move right along here. That's kind of wanted to show you guys that. So let me scoot on over. Okay. So uh, pressure cooker, the multifaceted situation Israel faces is unlike any the world has seen before. It's by Mir. You can find it at harbingersdaily.com. And he's coming to us from Galilee, Israel. 
So he says, Israel is a pressure cooker right now. If you if uh, if you have seen Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu lately, you'll know the toll that this war has taken on him. He and those in his government are constantly having to consider in their decisions the needs of the families of hostages, the needs of the military, and the ultimate goal of the absolute victory against Hamas, Hezbollah, and any other enemy along our borders who aim to annihilate us. All the while, the PM and his people are feeling internal pressure from the opposition, who after taking a brief moment off after October the 7th to express their desire for a national unity, have once again removed their daggers from their sheaths and are looking for any way to bring the PM down. If that weren't enough, the pressures from outside the country, particularly from Washington, D.C., to wind down the war and implement a two-state solution is Strong and constant, folks. I'm going to interject here really quick, and I'm sure Amir will say something about it too. The Bible is very clear. God is very clear. I believe it is in Joel. Um, anyway, that you are in no way to divide God's land ever, and especially to divide Jerusalem. Um, that's a big, bad no no and so we as americans need to pray against this this does not happen that our government does not try to promote that or anything about that we really really need to be in prayer over that um, because it's not a good thing what happens um if they whoo it's not good oh my goodness I had to step over there and turn the central heat down. It was getting a little toasty in here. So anyway, we'll go on here. So internationally, Israel is in a no-win situation. The only ones who have any desire for a two-state solution live far from the eastern shores of the Mediterranean. Israel does not want a two-state solution because that would allow directly on its border an autonomous nation whose single desire is to obliterate the Jews. Hamas doesn't want a two-state solution either because rather than living next to Israel, they want to live instead of Israel. So is it is that us instead of them mindset that makes it impossible for Israel to allow the Gazans to press up against their border. If the people of Gaza were peace-loving, respectful neighbors, I believe that a huge majority of Israelis would vote to allow them their own land and governance. Instead, we find that all but a very small minority of Palestinians rear their children to hate Jews and to desire their violent extermination. It is so endemic in the culture that it would take 30 to 40 years for a new generation to be raised, which would not hate Israel. But despite all this being said, please understand that Israel is experiencing victory after victory in Gaza. Hamas is on the run as they see thousands of their terrorist compatriots dying and thousands more being captured. As the Gazan civilians evacuate to the south, many are beginning to protest loudly and publicly against Hamas. Yes, the situation is complex and taxing on the leadership, but Israel is most definitely on the winning side. He says, please pray for the governmental and military leadership of Israel. Pray for the safety and pray for wisdom. The multifaceted situation they face is unlike any the world has seen before. We're going to move right along here. So the worst statistics, so according to the IDF, um, figures 9,000 terrorists have been killed since the October 7th massacre. Folks, that's 9,000 terrorists. With thousands more injured. Among the dead were two Hamas brigade commanders, 19 battalion commanders, and 50 company commanders. On the Israeli side, 560 IDF soldiers have lost their lives, and another 2,536 have been wounded. This goes to show the incredible difficulty and danger of this new form of warfare that demands simultaneously or simultaneous 
action on the streets above the ground and in the labyrinth of tunnels below. Since the war began, 14,000 rockets have been fired at civilian locations in Israel from Gaza, 2,000 from Lebanon, and 30 from Syria. In contrast, as the IDF moved through Gaza, they made 79,000 phone calls to civilians, dropped 7 million leaflets, and sent 13 million SMS messages, all giving notice of its intentions to enter an area and warning the non-combatants to clear out of harm's way. And it is not just Gazans who have been forced to flee their homes due to war. There are 200,000 Israelis who have been evacuated to safety from both the southern and northern borders of the country. Of course, we have come to Gaza. As rumors of ceasefires and the end of hostility circulate through the media, Netanyahu took time to clarify Israel's uh, objectives. Quote, I hear statements about various deals, so I want to make this clear. We will not end this war with anything less than achieving our goals. This means eliminating Hamas, returning all our captives, and ensuring that Gaza will no longer pose a threat to Israel. He said in a speech in the West Bank, he went on to say, we will not settle for anything less than an absolute victory, unquote. So there is a growing protest movement within Israel to block the humanitarian aid into Gaza. Why is this? Is it because Israelis just want the Gazans to suffer? No, it's because most Israelis understand that the aid sent to the area inevitably ends up in the hands of Hamas and not the general population. This is an absurd situation. When in modern history has a country both fought and fed its enemy at the same time, that is a sure recipe for extending the length of a war and compounding casualties goes on to say more and more Israelis are now rising up against this ridiculous state of affairs which exists only due to pressure by the U.S. and the international community. If it wasn't for our great need for iron dome munitions and other arms in preparations for the looming war against Hezbollah, we wouldn't find ourselves in this predicament. Meanwhile, Israeli fighter jets, drones, missiles, and ground troops continue to devastate Hamas and its infrastructure and Khan Yunus in central Gaza. Operation Atlantis is fully active, using seawater to flood underground tunnels. Soon the IDF will complete its takeover of Khan Yunus and turn its attention southward. So on the northern front, on Monday, an Israeli airstrike eliminated a number of Iranian advisors south of Damascus, Syria. The missiles targeted a house, uh, a base housing members of Hezbollah and Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or the IRGC, killing seven inside. Several days earlier and across the border to the west, the IDF targeted several sites in southern uh, Lebanon belonging to Hezbollah. At least 14 terrorists um, were killed in the airstrikes. So once again, he says, I must stress that the North will almost certainly be the next front of the war. Because of the front, because of the strength and training of Hezbollah, the IDF will not be able to just plow through like they did in Gaza. This is where the real war will take place. And it will bring hardship to both Israel, um, Israeli and Lebanese civilians. But this fight must go forward in order to remove terrorist Hezbollah and other Iranian proxy militias. Otherwise, Israelis will never feel safe in their own homes again. And of course, international relations. So, the South African ploy to force Israel into a ceasefire has flopped. Rather than declaring Israelis' actions in Gaza to be genocidal, as the South African ANC government claimed, the International Court of Justice demanded that Hamas release all hostages. Certainly, the High Court 
um, had some negative things to say about Israel, but that is what we would expect from any body of jurists related to the United Nations. Despite the rumors that Washington was going to slow arms instead um, arms sales to Israel in order to pressure a ceasefire in a two-state solution, the U.S. will send the IDF a huge supply of armaments. There will be a number of F-35 jets, uh, 25 F-15 jets, 12 Apache helicopters, tens of thousands of guns and heavy machine guns, and large amounts of ammunition, uh, or ammunition projectiles, and other war material. Quote, Israel has a right and obligation to defend themselves against the threat of Hamas, and we remain committed to support Israel in its fight, said a White House National Security Council spokesperson. UNRA, so the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East, or UNRWA, is a front for terrorism. Thus far, 12 UNRWA employees are known to have directly participated in perpetrating the October 7th massacre, and it is likely that number will increase. Israel has been making this claim for months, and finally other nations are beginning to listen. So far, the U.S., the U.K., Germany, Italy, Japan, Finland, and, and uh, the Netherlands, Austria, France, Australia, Canada, Romania, New Zealand, and Switzerland have frozen their funding of the Tainted Relief Agency. Thank God for that. U.S. and Iran. Here we go, folks. A drone attack on a U.S. base in Jordan on Sunday led to the deaths of three soldiers and the wounding of 40 others. The Iran-supported terrorist militia Kataib Hezbollah took responsibility for the attack that occurred near the border with Syria. The U.S. military is still trying to figure out how this drone made it through the air defense system. Some believe it was human error due to a U.S. drone uh, returning to base around the same time. However, it is also quite possible that this is a new type of UAV that is able to mimic the signature of other drones. If that is the case, this could signal great difficulties in countering drone infiltrations in the future. The White House was quick to condemn the act, with President Biden writing in a statement that the U.S. quote will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing, unquote. Because the perpetrators were proxies of Iran, tensions in the Middle East have risen significantly. Iran has already promised a very strong response if they are re, uh, direct recipients of the United States retaliation. At the same time, senior commanders in pro-Iranian militias in Syria are leaving for Iran in fear of an American attack. This situation places the U.S. administration in a difficult place. If they put forth a tepid response, both the Middle East and the moderate electorate in the November election will see Biden as weak. If the response is strong, the president risks losing support of the American left while escalating the situation with Iran. So international news. At least six Christian students, three teachers, and the driver of a bus belonging to Apostolic Nursery and Primary School were kidnapped Tuesday by Islamists in Ikatu State, Nigeria. The school was later contacted with ransom demands. This follows a pattern in Nigeria of the kidnapping and murder of Christians. Last year alone, 5,014 Christians were killed in Nigeria, accounting for nearly 90% of Christian deaths worldwide, as well as 90% of Christian kidnappings across the globe, said U.S. Representative Chris Smith, a Republican from New Jersey, in a statement. Children kidnapped, thousands murdered. Why isn't this leading the news headlines? Two reasons. First, the victims are only poor Africans. Second, the perpetrators aren't Jews. It's truly appalling, he said. Two Islamic terrorists entered Santa Maria Church in Istanbul, Turkey on Sunday and opened fire, killing one and wounding another. 
They then fled. The Islamic State claimed responsibility for the act. Since the attacks, both perpetrators have been arrested and uh, arrested by Turkish authorities, and another 47 people suspected to be connected to the responsible group have been taken into custody. In order to protect its southern border, the state of Texas reinforces barriers with Constantino wire, which is razor wire. <laughs> Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the Border Patrol had the right to cut the wire. Yes, folks, in the United States of America, our U.S. Supreme Court has voted to just let people into our country. Mm-hmm. Once again, just going to throw this out here. You know, go listen to the free masonry teaching by Pastor Billy Crone, and you'll have a better understanding of why this is happening in the United States. Anyway, Amir goes on to say, this defiance has, uh, oh, let me go back, I'm sorry. <laughs> Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court, okay, the border right, had the right to cut that wire. Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott, um, responded responded by placing even more wire along the border. This defiance has brought the state into direct conflict with Washington. While some on the left have urged President Biden to nationalize Texas National Guard, the Texans have responded to the effect of, yeah, try it and see how that goes. Quote, Texas is not standing alone in their bid to defend their border. 25 of the 50 states have signed a letter pledging their support to the Lone Star State. And I wanted to jump on here really quick. My friend um, Kay actually got to go and see Governor Greg Abbott today here in Amarillo, Texas at Tyler's Barbecue. And I wanted to see this is what she said. And she said, since I don't watch the news, she goes, I heard firsthand, this is about Greg Abbott here today, that the National Guard has got 100 miles of razor wire installed to date. Orange floating deterrent devices are still in place. And the construction on the wall that President Trump started has restarted. And illegals are still being bused to liberal states. And she says, praise the Lord and God bless Texas. Yes, Kay, God bless Texas. And thank you for grabbing that information um, for us today. So yes, um, really, um, really thankful, um, to live in Texas. And I'm really thankful that, um, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, you Texans, you think you have your own country. Well, we kind of do. We kind of think we do have our own country, but, um, i tell you what, we will, we will fight. Um, we will fight here in Texas and we'll fight to protect not only Texas, but the United States. And so this border, what you don't realize, 5 million, well, it's just more than that. How many millions? I think it's like 5 million or more came into the United States last year. That, folks, that's more than like the city of Philadelphia. Like millions are coming across the border. Well, where do you think these people are going? These are not women and children coming across our border, okay? These are not. These are military-aged men. Many, many of them are terrorists. Just like one of the articles I read earlier of all the terrorists was up there in Minnesota. They had been walking around for a year. They were terrorists. They come across our border, and they've just been up there a year in Minnesota. I'm like, oh. but they were caught. But, I mean, think about how many more in the United States. But anyway, I digress. But, yes, thank you, Amir, for that awesome article. Um, if you don't follow him on Telegram, you should go follow him. He's really good. So, anyway, here's another one. This is by Eric Stackelbeck. This is Prophetic Chess Pieces. Israel and Syria go toe-to-toe in the U.S. to recognize a Palestinian state. Lord, I hope not. So he goes, when we talk about the Iranian-backed ring of fire that surrounds Israel on all sides, we focus oftentimes on Gaza in Israel's, um, Israel's war against Hamas terrorists. Lebanon is frequently discussed, which is Hezbollah's main power base that is exchanging daily fire, even deadly fire, with Israel. He says, we also have the Houthis in Yemen harassing shipping uh, in the Red Sea and very active Iranian-backed Shia militants 
in Iraq causing havoc in particular against U.S. targets. And so he goes, but many times it is, it seems that Syria is left out of the equation in the larger conversations. Well, folks, let me tell you, he says, Syria remains a very active front. Israel has carried out hundreds, if not more, airstrikes in Syria over the past several years, striking Iranian-backed targets in the region. He goes on to say, the Assad regime and the Syrian army are an avowed ally of the Iranian regime. Iran is in Syria with the red carpet treatment. And by the way, Iran is here to stay. They're not going anywhere unless they are forcibly pushed out. Syria is still formally in a state of war with Israel and has been for decades. It should come as no surprise that the Syrian military and Israel sometimes exchange pretty heavy blows. And that has apparently happened again overnight. He says Syria, or a terror group operating with the full cooperation of the Syrian army, launched rockets from the Dara region into Israeli Golan Heights. While this has happened many times since October the 7th, we've seen an uptick in escalation. The um, Israeli Defense Forces, or the IDF, responded, striking targets around the Dara region at Syrian army positions. He says, I've been along this Israel-Syrian border many times and can tell you it is, surprise, surprise, very tense. In particular, Dara is very close to Israel's Golden Heights. Over the years, Israel has had to neutralize terrorist forces on numerous occasions. The Syrian army, most of the time over the past few years, have cried and gnashed their teeth with uh, when Israel has struck their positions, but they have not responded in any meaningful way. But what does it mean prophetically as Israel and Syria continue to go toe-to-toe? Many times people mention Isaiah 17 and Damascus, the Syrian capital. Isaiah 17 lays out that the day is coming when Damascus, which is arguably the world's oldest continuously inhabited city, will one day become a ruinous heap and cease to be a city. That's Isaiah 17, 1, you guys. So, folks, every time Israel and Syria go toe-to-toe, you have to consider the prophetic undertone, and the most recent strike is no different. Iran and Hezbollah continue to operate on Syrian soil in league with the Assad regime. You can expect the situation in Syria to remain very tense. Oh, and by the way, he says, Russia is there as well. Talk about prophetic implications. Russia, I believe, is a major player in the Gog and Magog War of Ezekiel 38 and 39, and they already have a presence in Syria. And I completely agree. I do. I do agree. So anyway, he goes on to say, um, a plot to impose a Palestinian state upon Israel. He questions. So the prophetic chess pieces are moving onto the board, and one of them may be the United States and the world. Uh, Western Europe, the UN, the EU, all banding together and unilaterally declaring a Palestinian state with no Israeli say in the matter. Yesterday on my Watchman's newscast, he says, I reported that Britain's Foreign Secretary David Cameron said exactly that, insisting that they may get together with their European counterparts and formally recognize a Palestinian state. The EU's foreign policy chief, Joseph Burrell, went uh, even further a few weeks ago saying that the international community may need to, quote, impose, unquote, a Palestinian state upon Israel, whether they like it or not. He goes on to say, I previously stated I would not be surprised if the Biden administration eventually comes on board with this initiative. Lo and behold, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is considering doing just that when the Gaza war ends, according to reports out of the region. When that will be, we have no idea when the dust settles 
uh, when the dust settles for Gaza. Blinken has reportedly spoken to his team at a or at the State Department and urged that they explore this possibility. How would that look if we were to tell Israel, quote, we, the United States and Europe, are simply recognizing a Palestinian state, whether you like it or not. And oh, by the way, we will uh, take some sovereign Israeli land as well as part of that deal, unquote. Even though Israel is a sovereign nation, it's being dictated to. It's very frustrating to observe. Consider all this talk regarding a Palestinian state. There's no viable peace partner on the other side. Hamas, come on. It's a vicious Iranian-backed genocidal terror group that Israel is at war with right now. Then you have the PAs, or President Mahad Abbas, a Holocaust denier, and the Palestinian Authority, which pays the salaries of terrorists. He says, a few years ago, I interviewed my good friend Itamar Marcus of uh, the Palestinian Media Watch about how the Palestinian Authority literally brainwashes its people, including children from the youngest ages, to hate Israel and the Jewish people. And he has a little excerpt here, which we'll read. And it says, Itmar Marcus says, killing Israelis is not a Hamas problem. It is a mainstream Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas problem. It is the fundamental reason why we don't have peace. It is an it. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's the fundamental reason why we continue to have terror. Eric Stackelback says a lot of people, when they think of Palestinian terror, think of the Gaza terror state run by Hamas. But this is a Palestinian Authority thing through and through just as or as you just lay it out. He says, uh, talk about the culture. It comes from the top. Talk a little bit more about the indoctrination of young children. We know their schools are named after terrorists. From the time children can walk, they're indoctrinated in this glorification of terror and rampant anti-Semitism. Itamar Marcus says, the glorification of terror is the last stage. When you have, he says, what you have to have in the beginning is the demonization and anti-Semitism so that the Jews and Israelis are worthy of the terror. He says, we have children's programs that we've seen on official uh, Palestinian television owned and controlled by uh, Muhammad Abbas and have heard children recite a poem that has the words, quote, they are the most evil among creations, barbaric monkeys and wretched pigs, unquote, referring to the Jewish people. You see sweet, beautiful children on TV and you can't believe the words that are coming out of their mouths. We have seen seven children recite a poem in the last few years with the words, Our enemy Zion is Satan, Satan with a tail, unquote. He goes on to say, The Palestinian Authority pushes vicious anti-Israel propaganda. This is the entity that the West apparently wants to prop up and lead, the, uh, lead this Palestinian state that they would like to impose on Israel. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 3 and 9 the KJV says and in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the people of the earth be gathered against it and it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Israel Eric goes on to say the prophetic chess pieces are clearly moving on the board fasten your seatbelt Keep it all in prayer. Prayer works. And God, even amid all the madness, is still on the throne. And do not forget it, he said. So, guys, if you haven't um, checked out Eric Stackelback in the Watchmen program, you can find him um, on Note on YouTube for sure. And I really do enjoy watching um, his programs. So, yes, go check him out. That is Eric Stackelback. That's S-T-A-K-E-L-B-E-C-K. And you can find that article at harbingersdaily.com. So, guys, 
Uh, I hope this has kind of been like a little bit of eye-opening for you guys um, to let you know what's going on in the world today. Um, we do have uh, the president over there. He has retaliated. Um, but, um, yeah, we gave him plenty of time to get out. But, uh, anyway, we have another one. Um, if you go to olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org, you can go watch a video. Uh, it's by Mark Hitchcock, and it's called Imminent Attack. And it's Dr. Mark Hitchcock evaluates the tension in the Middle East, particularly in light of the attack on U.S. troops. He goes, we are waiting for a U.S. response. And so, you guys, I mean, I'm going to link that in the description so you guys can go there and watch that. I think it's going to be very important to watch. Um, so, a lot of stuff is happening. I tell you, folks, whoo, doggy, you better get your boots on because it is getting crazy like I just never thought I would ever see. I mean, I don't know if I talked to you guys about Elon Musk's. He's got a Neuralink, heralds the beginning of a dystopian post-human uh, future. Did you guys see that? If you guys, Do you guys remember... When they tried that, that on the monkeys, what horrific things happened to those monkeys when they died. But now they've already put it into a human. Things are going very well. <laughs> what? So Elon Musk, link heralds the beginning of a dystopian post-human future. You can find this at thefederalist.com by John Daniel Davidson. And he posted it today, February the 2nd. So... Let's skip on down here. So he says, humanity quietly crossed a threshold this week when Elon Musk announced on X that the first person has received a Neuralink brain implant. Quote, initial results so promising neuron spike detection, unquote, said Musk, uh, later adding that the first Neuralink product is called telepathy, hmm, which enables, quote, control of your phone or computer and through them almost any device just by thinking, unquote. Mm. Initial users of a Neuralink, which Musk co-founded, will be um, people who have lost use of their limbs, giving a veneer of altruism to what is actually a radical project to merge humans with machines. Imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer, Musk wrote on X. That is the goal. But that's not really the goal. The goal is to usher in a transhuman future by creating human-machine hybrids that will be superior to natural or non-enhanced humans. Musk and other tech futurists, some 40 other companies besides Neuralink, are working on computer brain interfaces. Don't exactly uh, describe what they're doing this way. So it sounds creepy, but much more innocuous sounding to say you're just helping disabled people with exciting new digital technology. Mm -hmm. So in reality, what Musk and Neuralink are doing amounts to building a second Tower of Babel or a revisiting of the serpent's offer in the Garden of Eden. You will not surely die. You will be as gods. They want godlike intelligence and ultimately eternal life. And they're willing to tinker with the human body and mind, deconstruct and reconstitute it, even if that's what it takes. Musk is, a, Musk is smart enough not to come out and say all this plainly. Maybe he realizes most people will rightly think it off-putting, even wicked. Others are not so savvy. Brian Johnson, a Silicon Valley tech mogul, is quite open about his quest for immortality. He was the subject of a lengthy Time Magazine profile in September that chronicled his bizarre, insanely strict regimen for slowing or reversing the aging process. Oh my goodness, Johnson 46 is the modern-day Dorian Gray. He spent millions developing an anti-aging system he calls Blueprint, which involves turning over day-to-day -day decisions, what and when he eats and when he sleeps, how much sunlight he gets to an anti-aging algorithm he believes will reverse the aging process. <laughs> He's turned his own life into an experiment to see if he can cheat death. 
I'm just going to interject here. The Bible says it is appointed once to man to die. <laughs> just throwing that out there. We're all going to die. Anyway, so, but his project is more about than just himself. He envisions a future in which humans have merged with AI or even serve AI. Indeed, Johnson himself has given over his life to an AI algorithm, which he obeys with perfect fealty. You might even say he worships it in hopes of gaining eternal life. He thinks this is the inevitable future of all humanity. He just wants to be first to take the plunge. A clip of Johnson on a recent podcast circulated widely on social media this week. In it, he is straightforward about all of this. He says things are, quote, about to change radically, unquote. What he calls Gen Zero is about to emerge a group of multi-ethnic, multinational people who are willing to divorce from ourselves all human norms, all human customs, all human thought, and we're willing to say we're wide open about everything. Absolute blank slate. Folks, that's scary satanic. Anyway, sorry. Back. The clip was widely panned for its naivety in historical ignorance, as if every revolutionary since the Paris Commune hadn't said more or less the same thing. But while it's easy to mock Johnson for his, quote, real communism has never been tried, unquote, ethnos, it's not as easy to dismiss the movements he describes because it's not just crackpots like him, but also powerful people like Musk who are putting real resources into creating a transhuman future. What will such a future look like? Yuval Noah Harari, the creepy underling of the Weffers, Chief Klaus Schwab has an idea. He once described a future in which every more powerful computing technology will create a massive new class of what he calls useless people who will need to be, quote, kept happy with drugs and computer games, unquote. Harari has also said the future will bring a new class of what he believes are superhuman beings, which he described as entities that are more different from us then we are different from chimpanzees, end quote. In a 2021 interview with Anderson Cooper, Harari declared that we will, quote, soon have the power to re-engineer our bodies and brains, whether it is with genetic engineering or by directly connecting brains to computers or by creating completely non-organic entities, artificial intelligence, which is not based at all on the organic body in the organic brain. And these technologies are developing at breakneck speed break neck sorry anyway and of course this future will usher in an almost unimaginable level of inequality harari says a real biological inequality such that homo sapiens will split into different biological castes because they really have different bodies and different abilities unquote this post-human future isn't something Harari is afraid of or is merely trying to warn us about. It's a future he seems at times to be looking forward to. He tells Cooper that massive biomedical data collection is not just dystopian, it's also utopian because it will produce better healthcare. It's easy to caricature Harari, but he speaks for an entire class of tech futurists who share his materialistic view of mankind as infinitely malleable and upgradable. During the recent um, annual meeting of the WEF in Davos, Switzerland, a clip of a TED Talk by Harari made the rounds on social media. In it, he made the bold claim that only material things are real, that kidneys and mountains are real, but human rights are not. Human rights, he says, are just a story. Imagine being so committed to materialism that if you can't cut open a human being and see human rights inside, then they must not be real. And you can hear him saying it right here. 
So hearing this kind of talk from global intellectuals like um, Harari, one is reminded of C.S. Lewis's famous passage from The Abolition of Man about natural law or what Lewis calls the Tao, that is, that it is, quote, not one among a series of possible systems of value. It is the sole source of all value judgments. If it is rejected, all value is rejected. If any value is retained, it is retained, end quote. What purport to be new value systems or ideologies all consist of fragments from the Tao itself, arbitrarily wrenched from the from their context in the whole and then swollen to madness in their isolation, yet still owing to the Tao and to it alone such validity as they possess, unquote. So what Harari and Johnson and Musk and all who sell with them are really proposing is something not radical or new, but in fact very old. What they offer is not just materialism, but paganism, repackaged for the digital age. Of course, they do not call it that, perhaps because they lack the theological and historical vocabulary to articulate what it is they really believe. But the properly catechized, or cate catechized person can recognize that their belief system is fundamentally pagan, as well as some of their practices. Johnson, the Tom Profile reveals almost as an aside, was at one point regularly ingesting his own 18-year-old's blood of the belief it would halt or reverse his aging. Now, what does that remind you of? Mozzie, I've got to go throw up. Oh, sorry for... I have a weak stomach, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. That just makes me sick. <clears throat> oh. Whew. Sorry, folks. Oh, goodness gracious. Anyway. Mm. So, recall the paganism uh, that has always been at heart materialistic, not only because it locates the divine and the physical as opposed to the transcendent, but also because it proclaims that there is no objective truth, moral or even physical. There is only will and power. The pagan's creed, so far as he has one, is the famous line attributed to the 9th century Arab warlord Hassan Aysiba and popularized in Valdemir Bartol's 1938 novel Alimut, Quote, nothing is true, everything is permitted, unquote. So when Musk talks about how Neuralink will help quadriplegics and people with Parkinson's or when Harari waxes poetic about how great subcutaneous implants will be for health care or when Johnson glorifies um, in our imminent AI-dominated future, understand what they are really talking about. Neuralink will not be for the huddled masses, for Harari's, quote, useless people. It will be for him and his fellow neo-pagan elites. You can dress you can dress paganism up in Silicon Valley jargon. You can give it a veneer of respectability and technical expertise, but in the end, it brings about what pagan societies have always brought about. Oppression, exploitation, and slavery on a mass scale. They will call it something else, post-human or transhuman. But the suffering but the suffering such a world will inflict on mankind will be the old-fashioned kind, 100% human. Guys, that is by John Daniel Davidson, and uh, he is the senior editor at The Federalist. Guys can go check that out, thefederalist.com. And isn't that the truth? This world that we're heading to, and I tell you what, I tell you what, the Bible says that God has to come back to destroy those who are destroying the world, who are destroying the earth. Isn't that amazing? And we see it every day. Every day I walk outside and I see them dang chemtrails everywhere. And then like clouds don't look like that. You remember the old puffy clouds, the really cool clouds, you know? We used to sit out. I mean, I used to not too long ago. I'm like, look at the cow. Look at the dinosaur. Like whatever. They don't look like that anymore. 
they're just like they just like blob out you know they don't they're not like clouds anymore it's kind of sad but that's those chemtrails for you you know so whether we you know whether you, whatever you try to grow organic whatever all this stuff it's just chemicals it's just it's everywhere it's everywhere they're destroying the earth that's why god has to come back so guys whoo doggy i'm gonna get out of here i hope this is uh uplifting to you guys i hope it's encouraging i know things look dark but the darker it looks just know the brighter the coming of jesus christ is going to be so we know these things are all pointing towards the great tribulation and so we know the lord jesus will come and take us out of here before that we're not meant for his wrath the bible says and so that is our blessed hope so guys oh thanks y'all so much for listening anyway get in the word of god let the word of god get into you and maranatha lord jesus maranatha may god bless each and every one of you thank y'all so much for listening i love each and every one of y'all i'm praying for you all <laughs>